Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of It's Everything with me, your hostess, B.B. Sweetbriar, here where we promise to bring you everything, every time, for everybody. And today I have a great lineup of guests, as always. Uh, later on the program, we'll be visiting with a wonderful director and producer, um, who has just um, been uh, awarded some prizes for uh, an entry in many festivals um, and is now has this documentary on uh, video on demand. And it's a great documentary called Kings, Queens, and In-Betweens. And we'll be speaking with Gabri- Gabrielle Burton, who's the director of the film, about that project. Uh, but first up, I know many of you know that um, It's Everything is a media sponsor of the Dinah 2017. And we have been a media sponsor for the past three years. And over the course of the last month, we've actually had guests here on the show who are, are performers or are appearing at the Dinah. And today we have another one of those performers with me today. Um, she happens to be funnier than heck, okay, and um, is going to be one of the uh, comedians for the com- comedy night over at the Dinah in Palm Springs, um, coming up in just a week now. And so it brings me great pleasure to bring on board Julie Goldman. Hello, dear. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing just fine. And I, I, I can't believe of the magnitude or you know of the celebrities that are at the diner this year they are pulling out the red carpet i mean you are heading up a a three women show on the comedy night that is just out of this world yeah the comedy show is amazing i mean erin and Jeannie after i are just Awesome. Yeah, Aaron Foley, that is. And uh, now, how many times have you actually been a part of the dining? Because well, we're on like 20, 25 years or 27 years or something like that. Um, How many times have I done? I think I've done the Dinah. The first time I did it was like 2008. So, and then I think I did it maybe three times after that. Four. So, I think this might be my fourth time. Okay. Four, four times and only like, God, that's not, that's a lot in the last like seven or eight years. I think, yeah, well, I think so. Four or three. So the first time I went, no, but yeah, the, the first couple of times I went with Big A Sketch Show and then I think I performed stand up there maybe three times. I can't remember. My memory. Well, like, you know, all, you know, you just get the call and you just show up, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, listen. <laughs> Wherever there's work, that's where I'll okay. <laughs> Well, you mentioned the big uh, gay sketch show, which you were involved with um, on Logo 4, with the first three seasons uh, yep. on that. And that that was kind of like, to me, kind of the first kind of bringing back some of the old formats. You know, I, I don't know. I guess kind of I, I look back at something like the Carol Burnett show and stuff like that. And I just remember something like, you know, the sketches used to be a, a a big part back in the 70s with shows like that. And and we don't really do that anymore except for SNL, you know, um, majorly. Yeah. And, and so that was kind of cool to have that on. Do you miss doing doing um, that type of show? Oh, yeah. I completely missed that. That was, a, that was completely a dream job. I mean, mm-hmm. that was like, 
you know, getting to do a gay-related guest comedy show, and it was just such an awesome experience, and it was a dream come true, and it was, it was we were all totally bummed out that it ended, except for Kate McKinnon, probably, but other than that, I would say, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's always so funny, because when you're in a show like, you know, these shows come and go, and people break out and become celebrities, and it's funny to to, to watch that happen, and, and know that you're the person that that isn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? And be like, you know what? <laughs> I've been trudging for 20 years in this business, but hey, it's cool. And you it's all are a celebrity. You're a celebrity in, in, you know, many, many, many thousands of people's eyes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and it's all great and whatever, but it is definitely... Um, it's, it's, it's been interesting. Yeah. Well, you talk about dream job if that was, you know, I think some of us would, 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 um, uh, maybe say that your job as writing for Joan Rivers back in the day when she was on fashion police was probably that, a dream job. That was also a dream job for sure. I mean, I've definitely had some, um, encounters. I've had brief since, I've I've been able to dip my toe into my dream, and that has been uh, has been has been a has been great, and I am appreciative of that. I mean, Joan Rivers was a complete hero and mentor of mine, and a role model, and to be able to just have even just met her. Yeah. Did you work with Jackie Beat during that time on that? Because I think yeah, she, yeah, yeah. Jackie Beat is um, I have to say is just like an incredible joke writer. Oh, I know, right? She is, a, she really does. Like, I definitely would say that we learned. And I worked with my writing partner, Brandy Howard, on Fashion Police, and we definitely sort of would sit and be like, God damn it, Jackie Beat is fucking killing We're just not like that. I think that it's a certain level of cunt that you need to have that, um, that makes are a really good it's not just the jokes it's like because I don't I'm not a joke queen like in, as far as being in stand up and being impressed by people's talent like when I see a performance or somebody perform I actually don't really care about their joke mm-hmm. what I care about is their I care about performance opinion charisma like you know what I mean mm-hmm. like giving it to me I, I want you to give it to me like I want to feel you giving it to me however in a writing room that shit is fucking impressive. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is goddamn. That was, I was like, God, this is a master. This is a master at work. Well, you on stage, to me, I mean, I, you, I don't know how you think so quickly on your feet because you move a mile a minute. You're, you're, you're pretty quick. You know what I mean? And if, if your audience, you know, is taking a nap or, you know, <laughs> has to go to the bathroom, take a cigarette break, they're going to come back yeah. and miss a whole lot of stuff, okay? Because you keep it going. You keep it going. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, that is true. And, like, I, I think that's mainly because I'm not, cause I'm not really telling jokes. I'm, 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 I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, making us piss our pants is what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Yeah, like, like, saying in some sort of vortex where, yeah, I mean, I don't, 
I'm definitely not the kind of person or, or the kind of performance that you can just kind of walk in and out of because I think that um, uh, you're because if we get onto something, it's like if you miss a minute ago and we got onto something and now I'm halfway through that, but I'm going into something else. Like you're the the fl- you're not in the flow of it. You're, yeah, yeah. Sort of like. You know what I mean? Yeah, and 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 you do. You have to. You have to keep up. I. I. I you know. You have to keep up. Because you. Cause you. You, yeah. leave, you don't take any prisoners. If you leave them behind, you leave them behind. Because you keep it moving. You know. You keep it moving. I love I'm it. Not, I, don't, I definitely don't hold hold your hands. I yeah. Expect you. Expect you to get to. Uh, I guess like. Listen. Let's go. We're in the. We're on it. We're in it together. Right, right. So you, you, you brought up Brandy. Um, you and Brandy Howard have been working together on you know several things, and you guys still um, do your Julie and Brandy in the box office, don't you? Um, we stopped doing in your box office, and after what well, we stopped doing in your box office after we did People's Cast on Bravo because we just didn't have time. Mm-hmm. And then he did. Um, we co-hosted with Vanderpump Rules After Show, and we did some other stuff for Bravo and did some hosting shit. And now we're um, we're doing a podcast called oh, Dumb Gay oh. Politics. What's it called again? I'm sorry. Called Dumb Gay Politics. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, um, we are the way we like to say it is we're commenting on the state of the current state of politics, the way that we sit and comment and watch. Uh, reality TV. So we're coming at it from, you know, we're not journalists, we're not pundits, we're not even informed, really, yeah. <laughs> or educated. Uh, we uh, <laughs> we have a lot, a lot of opinions and um, feel the need to share them. So. Yeah, yeah. Now, where 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 can we find that? Uh, that is just on iTunes or A-Cast okay, yeah, or a regular podcast. Okay. Fantastic! Yeah. Wants everybody um, in into you know looking into that. But what we're going to do is I'm going to take a quick break if you don't mind. And when I come back, I do want to talk to you um, about your speaking. You know, we brought up Jackie Beat, who's of course you know a, a, a drag legend as well as being the, the funny person. Uh, that she is with, you know, writing and performing and whatnot. But you are a contestant on RuPaul's Drag You. And I, I'm, I'm going to ask you about that. And then also, I know you've been working on a project on a feature film for quite some time um, and trying to get that up and running. I want to see where that is. Don't tell me now, but I want to I see where that is and if that's still going um, gangbusters and is part of something that you're going for. But we're going to be right back. After this brief message, um, we'll come back with Julie Goldman, who will be performing at the Dyna 2017. We'll be right back. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I am ready for our family. So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, 
Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say I do. Especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. Hello, I'm Charles Sines, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.ale.com. G-R-E-C-A-R-E dot com. Allegra Home Care, serving your community. Okay, thank you guys so much for hanging in there during the break. That's always so nice to know that, you know, we may have started with 10 people. Now we may have 15. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but it's so good that you stay with us. I've been speaking with Julie Goldman, who is a comedian extraordinaire, um, a part of the big gay sketch show when it was on Logo. It's written for Joan Rivers, Fashion Police, and is currently doing a new um, podcast with her writing um, partner, Brandy Howard. And um, before we went to break, I was um, uh, getting into what you did about, oh, I think it's been about six years ago when you were a contestant, not a judge, not, you were a contestant on RuPaul's Drag View. And as you know, I'm sure you all know, because the world knows that RuPaul's Drag Race season nine just started. And, and so, you know, I wanted to kind of visit this with, revisit this with you to see what kind of experience was that. And I didn't see this. I didn't see you on that. So I want to know, like, what are they, I mean, did they really, like, make you over to, did they give you a wig? What happened? Basically, this episode was like, um, it was like butch lesbian become drag queen, kind mm-hmm, of. Mm-hmm. So we it was me and two other girls, and uh, yeah, they turned they they gave us drag characters. So rather than like, you know how they would they would have like some ladies come on there and they'd be like, we're gonna glam you up. And right, right. This was more like you're gonna be drag queens now. What's your alter ego, drag queen or whatever? Okay. So, so uh, we each got like a. Um, like a character, basically. But yeah, I mean, did we have, yeah, I wore six inch stiletto heels. I wore a full, I don't even, a dress and a wig. And, who was your, who was your makeover person? My makeover person was Juju B. Oh, I love Juju B. So you were pretty. She made you pretty. Yeah. <laughs> well, if they, the, the, the truth of the matter is, and you know, whatever, and I still all this on um, Johnny McGovern's podcast that, that same year and um, I mean I spilled all the tea <laughs> I was, I was, and I wasn't supposed to and World of Wonder came after me and was like uh, if you don't take that podcast now we're going to sue you and I was like oh god so um, they, I mean, they are strict about that aren't they they are like they don't play no they don't play but at this point like the show you can't even find the show and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who are we fooling? Right. And, uh, you know, 
was still a competition, and we still did this bullshit, and I had to get dressed, and they, whatever. But that shit is, is, is um, you know, Juju B helped and did the coaching, but the makeup wasn't, the makeup's done by a makeup artist. Oh, you really smelled some tea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's what's up. And, and I don't think that takes away from anything and whatever, but it's like, yeah, like, you know. Right. Just, but they, they segregated us, and we weren't allowed to talk to anyone, and they had us stay in, like, a hotel, which I snuck out of, and then they had us, like, segregated in rooms, and we couldn't have our cell phone, which I had. And they couldn't, you know, we were supposed to, it was all that shit. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, it was a fun experience. I'm glad I did it. RuPaul, obviously, that was so exciting, and watching him slash her work is, super awesome, and um, and it was still definitely, you know, it was uh, out of my comfort zone, I would say. I mean, I don't really have... have, have you, so you had, you had never done a drag thing before? I mean, you know, it's kind of like a rite of passage, isn't it, for gay and yeah. I mean, at some point in time, we all have to do it, right? Exactly. I mean, I don't mind playing a character and putting on a dress and a wig and wearing makeup, and, I, you know, I'm not... That's, I'm not entire, but it's still, it's still uncomfortable, but this was trying, like, there was dancing involved, and, like, these heels, and that was where, that's where I was, like, when they showed us the wall of heels, I was, like, are those the hooks, (laughs) (laughs) or are those those actual shoes, because those aren't shoes, those are hooks. (laughs) Am I gonna be a horse on the, Am I gonna be a horse after the game? <laughs> yeah, are you like are you insane? Like uh, and what? Uh, and then the queen and it was funny because the queen uh Raven was on that one too and she was like <clears throat> when I was looking at the shoes, because I was like, I don't know what the fuck to do with these shoes and and I so I picked the pair of wedges. Uh-huh. And they the so Raven and um Juju B and uh, there was another one I can't remember who Sort of came over to me and was like, "Bitch, a wedge is a sneaker for a heel." Right. <laughs> so you just can't. Like that's pussy bullshit. Right. You were pissing out on that one. <laughs> like, don't be a basic bitch. You know. So I was like, "I'm not a basic bitch. Fuck that. <laughs> give, me, give me the most thing you have." And it was like a, oh, it was like a, uh, it was like a guinea little thing with a high heel. It was tough, yeah. it sounds like. It sounds like it was tough, you know. It was tough. It was tough. And just for, and it's just like whether it's drag or a regular lady just living her life, like, mm-hmm. heels are no joke. And like, women deserve and. Anyone who... And they're not kind to your feet. They're not kind to your feet when you wear them all the time. I mean, it's like, they, you, you almost become like a ballerina. How ballerinas wear those, the point shoes, their feet become, you know, um, yes. just, you know, they're, they're just formed. They're like totally, <laughs> And you, if you yeah. wear them heels like that long, many a time, your feet start looking like, ooh, what are those? You know, where are those at the end of my legs? I don't know what those are. Um, they can get like that too. So you have to you have to make sure discipline yourself to wear regular flats or um, you know sneakers or something. You got to get your foot out of there. I know that for a fact. But uh, yeah. you know. But what, now what happened? You know, I was talking to you again before the break. What 
Um, I know you've been working on a project on a feature film for a while and trying to, to get a feature film funded. I think it was called Nicest Things or... or uh, yeah, yeah. Are you yeah, we've all got, we let, No, we let that go. We, we had to let that go. Oh. Making a movie is probably the most difficult, horrifying project somebody can, can, can embark on. And the thing was, we tried for a couple of years, and, you know, the feedback was like, oh, we love the story, but it was either like put more sex in it or have no sex in it. It was put, you know, can you change the protagonist and make them men? Can you, it was just like, there was nothing, you know, that movie was a rom, a lesbian romantic comedy, period. Like, a, as, imagine like a, as mainstream a romantic comedy as you can get. It was just with lesbians. Mm-hmm. And people just weren't. Well, what about something heavy, now that we have, you know, going pretty well now with, with Telefilms, which is really designed to, you know, tell women's stories primarily written by women and directed by women. Um, there are some, you know, changes in that. But, I mean, the stories are about women. Um, it, you know, is that, and I know Amanda Bierce was involved with, with you on this project, and she's done a couple of projects with Telefilms. Um, Tello is just, uh, which is great, and we've worked with Tello on a few different projects. Kristen um, Baker is awesome. Mm-hmm. But with the scope of this movie that we want to do, we need, you know, $2 million, and mm-hmm. Tello is, a, is about that life. Mm-hmm. So we, we wanted this in a, in a, in order for this movie to be made, we would have to have it done through some sort of financing that Tello just isn't capable of doing. Got you. And it's not, and if that's not an assault or an indictment, that's just, you know, that's just where they're at, and that's just where we're at, mm-hmm. you know, like. But we had gotten involved with them initially because of um, trying to make nice this thing with them. It's just too big of, it's just too big of a budget. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know. Well, it would be so neat to have, to have you, you know, in your own project like that. That. You know that you you know from writing to producing and everything that you're totally involved with. Oh well, completely, and and we're still you know we're doing our thing, and we we're pitching um a show around now that is hopefully gonna move forward, and we we just sort of evolved and had to move with also with the with the with the times and the level of which we're at. It's like because of the internet and Netflix and Amazon, like <clears throat> things that are being made now, whether it's a t- TV or film, you can make things on with that same budget and they'll go online, let's say. But because of the, because things have opened up so much, they've also closed a little bit for the person who's just starting out or who's selling their first thing because you would notice like even on Netflix or whatever, that shit's going to, to celebrities or people who are already established yeah but i mean Mm -hmm. so it's still hard to break through yeah because you know amazon's putting on the david e kelly show that didn't make it to cbs rather than some new asshole who worked on fashion police for a year (laughs) like they're not you know what i mean Uh like (laughs) they're doing so it's it's like things are you, you would think it would be easier just because there seems to be more opportunity, but in the in the real world of things, those opportunities are still going to people who have already established themselves. 
I mean, basically. Yeah. And and for those those who broke through, it's like I think you, I do believe that there's a it's nepotism still and all that stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, this is what we signed up for, and I get it, but definitely, like finding that golden ticket or or breaking through in the manner of which that we would like to is definitely finding itself to be very elusive. Yeah. Now, do you actually, getting back to the Dinah, because you're going to be there, you're actually um, at your, the Dinah Comedy House is on Saturday, April 1st. <laughs> Foolery is going to be going around on, on that day um, at Hard Rock Hotel. Um, and for those out there who need more information, just go to www.thedinah.com for hours and tickets, because there will be some individual tickets, but hopefully you've already bought or trying to buy your VIP package or the one of the packages right. there. But um, do you stay, like, do you pick there early and stay and enjoy some of the events yourself uh, on a non-working basis? Yeah, I'm going to go, um, I think, the night before. Mm-hmm. And Randy's, gonna, Randy's coming, too, so that's going to be cool. Oh, great. And um, we're going to you know, just hit, chill, and hang, and yeah, see what's up. Well, last year they had Lady Gaga pop in, so maybe um, Kate will pop in. Uh, wow, Lady Gaga pop in the diner? Yeah, she was there last year. She popped in at one of the pool parties. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah, so I don't know who's going to be popping in, you know, this time, but I think Kate would be a good one. Kate McKinnis would be a great, like, come on, she, she's Lady Gaga worthy to me. So, um, uh, right. you, can tell, you can tell her I said that. You can tell her I said that. Okay? Oh, girl, she doesn't talk to us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she lost our number a million years ago. <laughs> oh, please. Uh, Try and get a Good luck. <laughs> 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 oh. oh my God. Well, I just can't, I, I will have a couple of correspondence. Like I said, um, we are. I am a media sponsor. I've been a media sponsor for the Dyna for a, this is our third year, I do believe. And um, so I usually send a couple of correspondence there. Um, and so I have two two young ladies that will be covering the um, event and I'm definitely sure they're going to be pulling you aside at some point in time to get, um, you know, photos and a little talky-talky follow-up with you and um, I hope you'll be accommodating to them and answer all the questions. But I appreciate you stopping in and giving us a little holler and a little update on what's going on with you. And I know people are just going to be, you know, just going to be gaga over. I just shouldn't use that word anymore because we're not talking about Lady Gaga. But are going to just have a a fun time with you, Miss Julie Goldman, and Aaron Foley and Jeannie Ashier on 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 that April first. Dinah Comedy House at the Hard Rock Hotel. So thanks for being with yeah. Julie. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for talking. This was fun. Okay, no problem. And have a good time at the Dinah. And we're going to take another break, y'all. And when we come back, we'll have another uh, person involved in film in a little bit, uh, direct on a brand new Kings and Queens and In Between documentary. We'll be right back.
doing drag here in San Francisco for almost 20 years. And uh, over the past couple of months, I just opened up my club, Oasis. It's been going really well. People really seem to appreciate the space. It's something people say San Francisco really needs right now because the city has been changing a lot. I always had this attitude of, of opening a space that was kind of like for everybody. And that's just kind of the attitude and the, the, uh, the ethics of Oasis is it's kind of a space for everybody. How does it feel to be a business owner? I don't know. You know, it's funny because I still need to, I still have to kind of pinch myself to believe it's actually true. You know what I mean? Like I walk in there and, and I go up to the bar and I go, oh, can I please have a glass of water? You know, it's kind of like I forget that it's my place. Running gay clubs, it's changed a lot. Um, I think that gay people now, they're everywhere. They don't feel like they have to maybe be in a gay bar all the time. So you have to be much more creative about how you are enticing people to come out to your club. I guess I'm successful because I'll just say it. I work really hard at what I do. I also like to provide a really quality experience for people. So, yes, you know, people will pay to see my shows and pay to come to my club, but I always try to like to give them something that's worth it. The experience that they'll, they'll leave my shows going, okay, that was worth it. You know what I mean? This has always been my attitude. Um, just to entertain people, and so it seems like that works, you know. I would say to young kids, you know, just kind of form your own identity, and, uh, and you know, don't let others dictate how you should behave or think. Uh, you can always go to uh, sfoasis.com to find out about all the entertainment and nightlife that we have going on at Oasis. If you want to see drag, we've got that for you. If you want to see some queer hip-hop parties or queer dance parties, we have that for Spotlight you. Spotlight on success and achievement. Brought to you by Wells Fargo. Together we'll go far. You know, we've had so many great documentary films that have come out uh, in recent years. In particular, I think we, all of us who uh, watched the Oscars and watched many of the films this year, because we just had great films, I thought, in 2016. Um that, you know, documentary films are, I don't know, just either the games have stepped up or the people putting out the films are just, you know, uh, choosing subject matter that is just very important for us to get, you know, put our minds to and get our hands around. And I'm very excited to today uh, bring to you all out there uh, a director who's involved with a project that, of course, would be near and dear to me, being the queen that I am, um, uh, that is just doing really great out there, has already won a couple of awards during film festivals, and just uh, went on video on demand on a couple of different streaming um, sites. And it, it's just a great, uh, I can't wait to delve into this because I think um, it's a very important, um, uh, you know, when you're talking about gender and and separating some or identifying what is gender and what does it mean to your sex and sexuality and all of that. This film does this along with explaining the art of drag. The name of the film or the documentary is Kings, Queens, and In-Betweens, and it is uh, directed by the one and only and on the line with me, Gabrielle Burton. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on your show. Oh, thank you for... This is... um. You know, as I said, this is a feature film. This is 90 minutes. This is, this is not, you know, a short documentary, mm-hmm. which a lot of times when we go outside of 
um, Paris is Burning or, you know, a couple of other major ones. This, most of the films that I have seen or Dr. Green's I've seen on direct haven't been a major long length. They've been, you know, the 20 minutes, 25 minutes. They kind of hit mm -hmm. it and quit it. And they don't delve definitely into some of the stuff that you delve into um, in this documentary. But before I get into that, I want to first ask you, why this subject? Why, <laughs> how did this come about? I mean, you know, because you're, you're, are you in Ohio? I am. Yeah, you're in Ohio. You're in, the Midwest. <laughs> you're in the Midwest. You're in the Midwest. Not a place we definitely would like to say, okay, drag is so prevalent that, you know, this is something that, you know, everybody in Ohio is, is writing films about. Yeah, how did this, how did this subject, um, you know, come to your attention? Well, I had a friend who um, I was in a writing group with for a number of years, and then one day he said, hey, would you like to come see a show my husband's in? And I was like, sure. And it was a drag show, and his husband is Virginia West, who's a, you know, really fantastic, nationally known, you know, mm -hmm. prize-winning drag queen. And... I had no idea this existed in Columbus, Ohio, mm -hmm. and I had lived there for years before. And there on stage were all of these people who were fantastic performers, who were, in my view, digging into incredibly complex territory that was something that, you know, often is conflated in society about what your gender is and what it means and what kind of ramifications it has, what mm -hmm. reverberations in life. And so this was important to me um, at that moment, particularly where it you know, sort of jumped out as I had to make a film. And literally it was that. It was a light bulb moment where um, you know, people are always saying, oh, you should make a film about this or something. And, but this other friend who was there that night said, yeah, you should make a film about this. And just the light bulb turned on because I, had, I was a recent mom of a boy and a girl. Um, they were two and three, I think, at the time. And... And uh, it, it just, you know, I noticed from the moment they were born how immediately they were divided into these very separate camps of the ways mm -hmm. they could be. Mm -hmm. And that was really disturbing to me. And also my four sisters and I work in a film company together, Five Sisters Productions, and we've talked about these things. And we actually made a short film called The Happiest Day of His Life that was on Logo and um, MTV. And that film was about a traditional heterosexual marriage in a gender-reversed world. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing was that in doing that, when you have a man in a top hat and veil walking down the aisle with all of his men who are wearing horrible lavender suits I'll never wear again that they you know they, that was a comedy mm -hmm. well why is it considered a comedy automatically mm -hmm. when you're having people switch these roles and so that was all percolating in my mind already and then there was this setting and I thought oh my gosh in Ohio if it's happening in Ohio it means it's everywhere yeah that shows yeah, and so it just immediately was a, a thing I thought I got to do it. And I pitched it to my sisters, and I thought it would take eight months. And um, here we are, six years later, later, and then we'll be back. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so that's where I found out that this was this has been a six-year journey mm -hmm. um, for for you, you know, to get this all together in the 90-minute format that it's in. Now, did you think that it was going to be – um, uh, uh, this this full of a project, or did you think it was going to be something much shorter, condensed before you? No, I thought it would be. I thought it would be a feature length documentary. Mm -hmm. I I 
Um, and, you know, I was open to the idea that it could be, say, a 60-minute length, mm-hmm. depending on what the topic kind of presented. But the funny thing is the initial edit of the movie that I'd edited down from hundreds of hours of footage was 11 hours long. So that <laughs> was a big challenge. <laughs> that won't be playing anywhere. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that was the thing of saying, okay, every segment of this movie has to be cut down to about five minutes. So, you know, five to 10 minutes. And so I had to really, you know, sort of kill some darlings and, you know, figure out how, what was possibly repetitive, what was going to be able to help an audience through the process of digging deeper and deeper and deeper. Because I also knew that I didn't want to make a film that was about my me and or having an authoritative voice of mm-hmm. someone telling people what was, uh, what is drag. Well, no one can really define that because everybody has their own definition and it means so many things to so many people. Well, how do you present that in a film? Yeah. So that was really important to me. And then, I, and then that goes even deeper with the idea of what is identity and mm-hmm. how do these things play into that? And so I really wanted to create a kind of, woven tapestry of so many voices in the community who are defining that, you know, and through that you get a bigger picture of the reality of it all and and just how beautiful it is. Well, did in any way during in the making of the film and particularly in the interview, in the interviews, because you follow, basically you have eight stories that are going on. Mm Um, yes. here and one with Virginia, not one with Virginia and her husband, but one with the, the, um, the, um, uh, I think it's a lesbian couple that. Oh, Liz and Julia. Yeah, yeah Liz and Julia. That's a story together. Um, mm-hmm. but you, you have these eight stories that you follow. Did you have, uh, on the onset when you're going through this questions that you wanted to have answered that you put towards them or did you basically just have a free-for-all open discussion and then from that you were able to determine oh these are some of the things that came out of this that we can now focus the the documentary on yeah i i had two pages of questions Mm -hmm. single you know space i i had a lot of things that i wanted to cover and and of course, you know, what's amazing is I was really grateful that people opened up so much to me and allowed me into their lives and and their thoughts. And I think that that's something that took a little bit of time of earning people's trust. And then I had discussions with people beforehand also. So I had a sense of who I wanted to interview and who the people, well, a little bit about their stories and what I wanted to get into to touch on different aspects of identity and aspects of performing and drag. And and then I also knew that I wanted to get into the art of drag. And so I wanted to reflect that in getting behind the stage and um, getting access to people's process and their their art preparation and their form. So I think that that was another element of, you know, arranging with people and figuring out who would represent different styles of performance. So that was a huge kind of... Um, beast in itself to tame, you know, to figure out who were the people. And and then in the process of editing, I had to really hone down to because typically a documentary would be, you know, one to three people at most that you're following. And I knew that wasn't enough. And I, and I wanted you though, to, as a viewer, fall in love with all of these people as they're, they're just such wonderful people. So that was all part of the the challenge of it, which I was thrilled that it ended up being that. Yeah. Because you, you, in these eight stories, I mean, in, 
you know, I'm someone who's who's a part of that community and um, know the 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 variances that are within that community within our community. And you do a very good job because you have, you know, you have a single drag, you have like a single drag queen and you've got a drag queen in, you know, his uh, significant other. So you have that dynamic of what is it like to even be a partner to a drag queen where this drag queen, this is their life. You know what I mean? And I think in their part, their dynamics that you're considering, you know, I think it's Virginia's story that, I may have to stop this because we're thinking about having a family and those types of things. Mm -hmm. And then you've got your transgender performer and then you've got your, um, your drag king who doesn't, um, you have have a, a, a trans female performer. Then you have your drag king who is a trans male. And then you have a drag king who has no desire to be trans, but you know, like all these things are in there. That and then you, have Sheila, yeah. then you have Sheila Singleton, who yeah. performs with Lester de la Virgiana, and, she, and Sheila is sort of transcending gender, and and her her um, king is actually a queen, mm-hmm. who a king who performs as a queen. So it's a very interesting commentary on the idea of that fluidity, yeah. and and she represents, you know, Sheila represents that. Yeah, so it's like, that's what I'm saying, it's like, it is such a complex subject matter because that's what makes it, I think, so difficult for people to understand. Because it isn't something that's just very simple. This is that they're doing this, and they're doing. There, there's just way too many. I mean, people get into you know talking about they do it for political. You know, they do their performance. You know, as a political commentary. You know, their numbers are and shows are based on, you know, today's politics or current politics and those types of things. Others do it mm-hmm. because they consider themselves as a performer. I think uh, the trans female brings that up is that, you know, I am performing as a female the way I am intended to do. And, you know, mm-hmm. those types of things are, you know, so people, I, I just think this is such a great, and you do such a great job to tell as much as you can in the amount of time that you're <laughs> I'm so glad that you appreciate it so much. It was a wonderful thing. You know, well, I just know because I know how difficult it is, you know, even within our own community of performers, Mm -hmm. it's hard for those in the community to understand certain aspects of it and, and why certain people do certain things and why they are who they are. Even within the community, it's difficult yeah. to understand. So you can only imagine how difficult it is for the, the, the other person on the other side of the wall to know what, you know what I mean? So Yeah, it, you know, it, that was a really interesting thing in the filmmaking process is that in bringing up some of these questions that I had, some of the people I interviewed said, well, I've never thought about these things before. And mm-hmm. that was really interesting because then out of that came some other developments in their performance styles or in whom they collaborated with. And that was really an interesting kind of um, dynamic of the community, uh, you know, together too, which was really exciting in Columbus. And, and then also I knew that I wanted the film not to just be a niche film, if that makes sense. I wanted it to be something that would be for everyone, 
And so how do you break down some of these things while still addressing the topic for people who aren't knowing a lot about it already, right? Yeah. So it was that was a big part of the editing process, too, was touching on things, being able to explain things. And I worked with two editors um, for a while at different times in the process. And one of them was a guy I called Streety McStraderson, who <laughs> was a you know white middle-class guy who had never been to a drag show. Mm -hmm. And he just loved the people in the movie as he was watching the footage. And then he went to a drag show later in the in the process, but not for a long time in the edit because he wanted to sort of, you know, be edited, you know, putting his full attention on the editing. But it also was interesting for me because he would, you know, hit the space bar and put his head down in his hands and say, I think I understand what people are talking about, but I'm, you know, not really sure. Just give me a minute. And that was a great perspective. Yeah. Because that's a lot of the audience that's going to see the film. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the other editor, she knew um, a couple of the drag kings, but she did not, and she was lesbian, but she did not um, do drag herself, and she didn't really know much as much about the art form, so she brought that whole perspective to it. Yeah. And then I knew that I wanted to make a film, which really amazingly is the film it is in the end, and and at a certain point, a lot of people were saying, you just got to, you know, put your own story in or whatever. And I just said, no, I just got to keep chugging along like the little engine that could. And yeah. I just kept editing and editing and, and kept, we, you know. And here we have, it. here we have. Yeah, yeah. Well, well let, let me take a quick break here um, okay. and take a pause for the cause. And <laughs> when I come back, I do want to talk about, I know that you, you and your sister, I want to talk about your production company a little bit, but I know you guys are traveling with this nationally to hopefully involve the communities in some discussion as we kind of are getting into now, and yeah. and also talk about um, the successes you've had with the thus far in some film fest and where we can find it now on video on demand. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Gabrielle Burton, who is the director and uh, producer of a wonderful documentary called Kings, Queens, and In Betweens. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Progressive Voices Channel on TuneIn. Please help us grow. Tell your friends to tune in to Progressive Voices. Find out more at ProgressiveVoices.com. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I am ready for our family. So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side. As a unified team of the best fertility specialists, guided by the highest ethical standards, Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. This is a true story about two best friends who fell in love and moved across the country to the city by the bay. After many years of dating, Jen and Jacqueline are now planning their dream wedding. It's a big moment in everyone's life when you say, I do. Especially when you can make choices for your authentic life and your loved ones too. Congratulations, Jen and Jacqueline. Live your authentic life. A special message brought to you by Weatherford BMW. When asked, 90% of seniors say they want to remain in their own homes as they age. 
Hello, I'm Charles Sines, owner of Allegra Home Care. Our caregivers have been serving seniors and the aging community for over 20 years. Allegra Home Care is the only Bay Area home care agency that is LGTB certified. Helping LGTB seniors stay at home is our passion. Please visit us at www.alegrecare.com. Allegra Home Care. Serving your community. Okay, thank you guys for staying with us. You know, I always appreciate it that you listen to those little messages that we have to play out there. But, um, you know, if you have uh, just joined us, you have uh, come right into the middle of a discussion that I'm having with a director with Five Sisters Productions. Her name is Gabrielle Burton, and we're talking about a new documentary called Kings, Queens, and In-Betweens that she has directed. It premiered at the Cleveland Film Festival, one of the um, queens of mm-hmm. that being an issue for people. And I think that that's, you know, certainly it was for some people every single day. And then for others, even within the community, I don't, you know, considered like something that was a, a traumatic experience for a lot of other people. And so I think some of these things to the forefront in the last six years, which has been great to see. And I think that Hofshin, because mm-hmm. that's what's on the books right now. Right. These, you know, North Carolina, all these places are proposing go back to that after we've just recently seen this real progress toward equality. That's very concerning. Yeah, and so very. hopefully the film can, it, what you're saying, humanize the whole issue is right. that it's not just some people who are strangers that be doing this to. It's your neighbors and your friends and your family. Right. And you just can't treat people that way. And, and, I, and I think it's really good that uh, this film, Where You Are, because, you know, here in California and specifically San Francisco, even though these issues that you just brought about, you know, bathrooms and um, just in general, a lot of LGBTQ yeah. rights and Sometimes we take those for granted just because we are in an extreme liberal city here in San Francisco, which has instituted, you know, from a uh, municipality laws that protect so much of who we are. And we kind of lose sight, particularly the younger generation who have grown up here. You know, I didn't grow up here, but I've been here for over 20 years. But those who grew up here where these are major concerns, they're used drag. It, it doesn't make things all of us. from people in the Midwest who, you know, don't have a lot of the take-it-for-granted attitudes that, you know, we yeah. have sometimes in our little bubbles here on the West Coast or, in, like I said, specifically San Francisco. So and I, I think I, also, yeah, I hope, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, yeah. I was just building on what you're saying. I think that one thing that is really important about it being said in the Midwest is that people can't really dismiss it as, you know, some sort of, uh, coastal phenomenon mm-hmm. or that it's, you know, the place you might expect it to be, New York, San Francisco, Miami. But wait a minute, this is in a town in the Midwest that this explosion of drag and of gender discussion is happening. You realize, wait, this is going to be everywhere. This mm-hmm. is not just something that we can deny anymore. Yeah. And that, touching back on what you said about people not, about people stepping up and speaking out, it's so important because now we do have 
have the chance to ensure the rights that have been gained and to further that progress. And we, you know, it used to be that people couldn't couldn't step up and speak out as huge groups. And now we have that ability with new media and with, you know, ways of discussing these things and speaking out to our representatives. And so we all have to be out there fighting for this because now is really an important time. Yeah. Well, and congratulations to you and your sisters, Five Sisters Productions. You. And you guys are all real sisters. So that you, yes. you, you have your own Number phenomenon one. going. You have your own phenomenon going out there. Number one, you're all women, <laughs> and you're all related, and you have your own production company, which has done quite well. You've had, you know, Thank several you. several productions out there on, you know, things like Logo, MTV, Netflix, all of those things yeah. that, you know, um, you know, are not, you know, easy to get your your projects on and and sure. So congratulations <laughs> on that. And it does Thank look. You. Like, and, and and using your platform, which is filmmaking, to tell these types of stories, uh, you know, or, or tell stories in general of, of different things of importance to our community as a world, not necessarily as a community and, you know, our small little communities, but our community yeah. as a world. Um, uh, this is this is wonderful. I applaud you on this. And uh, yeah. congratulations on the success thus far. And, Everyone out there, um, you can now see this on iTunes and YouTube um, as a video on demand, and it's very inexpensive. It's very much worth your time, your 90 minutes to sit and watch this and to yeah. share it. I would suggest that you you have a kings and queens and in-betweens viewing party at your home <laughs> and invite your friends over and take a look at this documentary because you will love it. You'll be able to relate to the people in it. Even if you don't do drag, there are stories in there that will touch you um, and uh, you will get a lot of, this is a not to be missed film. Um, I'm telling you guys all out there. So thank you so much for being a, a part of the show today, Gabrielle. I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, you bet. Thank you. And, you know, I'd love to encourage your listeners to also be part of this conversation and join us on Facebook and, you know, all summer. So if you want to bring it to your town in a more formal way, and if you want to bring me or any of the performers also, or have like a, we're working on a um, discussion guide, just, you know, pop me an email through Facebook and, and we'll make it happen because I feel that my biggest passion on this is to get people talking, have community discussions and move the needle on what's happening in this in this field so we need to be talking more about it and thank uh, you so much for for encouraging listeners to watch it that's really great no not a problem thanks again Gabrielle and thank you guys out there for listening today it's been a wonderful show and I hope and I hope you enjoy it and continue to listen in on it's everything with me BBC Brian we'll talk to you next time bye-bye Many nonprofits rely on events to raise money, create space for community gathering, and offer opportunities to network. But how many hours in a day do community leaders have when they're busy changing the world? Imagine your next event, gala, festival, or celebration professionally executed with creative ideas and ideals to match your community service. IDK is the community's trusted event production company. Visit idkevents.com for all your event production needs. Babe, I think we're ready. We're really doing this. Yeah, I'm ready for our family. 
So where do we start? <laughs> Starting a family is a team effort, and when life needs a little encouragement, Pacific Fertility Center will be right by your side as a unified team of the best fertility specialists guided by the highest ethical standards Pacific Fertility Center provides patients with compassionate fertility care. Visit PacificFertilityCenter.com. The Commonwealth Club is a unique organization that brings together people from a variety of backgrounds to explore important issues as a community. Sooner or later, everyone worth hearing comes to our stage. From Marga Gomez to Richard Chamberlain, from James Hormel to Kate Kendall, leading thinkers, activists, politicians, and artists have come to the Commonwealth Club of California. Ted Olson and David Boys came here to discuss their winning legal strategy for same-sex marriage. Jason Collins talked about gay athletes. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence discussed activism and good works. Actor and director Rob Reiner explained how he got Hollywood behind same-sex marriage. Barney Frank described what it's like to be gay at the highest levels of Washington. From healthcare reform to transgender rights, from immigration to gay-owned businesses, it's all at the Commonwealth Club. And that's still just a portion of the 450 programs we present every single year with new programming nearly every single day. Be a part of the conversation. Learn more at commonwealthclub.org, download our free app in iTunes, and join us in person the next time you're in San Francisco. The Commonwealth Club of California puts you face-to-face -face with today's thought leaders. The spotlight on success and achievement goes to LGBTQI members of the Bay Area who have demonstrated an incredible amount of success. We're very proud to announce that this month's spotlight on success and achievement is Rick Welts. Well, it's been an unbelievable stretch of time, obviously. Uh, everything the Warriors have gone through this season, really a magical season that ended in a championship. Uh, and now to, to top it off a week later with the opportunity to participate in the Pride Parade in San Francisco, it's a, it's a pretty wonderful time. You know, it's been a journey, right? We're all on our own personal journeys and uh, the last four years has been a remarkable part of my life, but it, it's definitely a part of my life. Uh, you know, the decisions I made four years ago to come out in the way that I did, obviously, you know, I had decided I was signing up for something going forward and being part of the discussion. Uh, and, you know, I welcome that. And this is, uh, you know, for me a real honor to, to be participating in this way. And I guess in, in some ways it, it will be a demonstration of how far professional sports has come in, in a very short period of time. Uh, not as far as our society has come. So I think we have a lot to celebrate. Wow, I, I don't think I have any secrets. I don't think I'm that mysterious. You know, I've got a uh, pretty simple life. I like pretty simple things. Uh, you know, I've, I've got a great partner, his name's Todd Gage. Uh, he has two wonderful children, a 14-year-old girl and a 10-year-old boy. I, I uh, got off the parade route, got into a car with them. We drove to Lake Tahoe and I got to watch 14-year-old girls play four soccer games over the course of the weekend and then drive back to the Bay Area. So that's my idea of an exciting weekend, you know, spending it with the kids and my partner and getting to do, you know, the most basic things that any family would get to do. Spotlight on Success and Achievement, presented by Wells Fargo. Together, we'll go far.
Talk 24-7. Keep the progressive conversation going on by joining our community. Each week, we send out an email that covers important things taking place in the Progressive Voices Network and throughout the progressive world. Be the first to know of upcoming shows, schedule changes, exclusive programming, and more. Simply go to ProgressiveVoices.com and sign up for our mailing list. It's that easy. ProgressiveVoices.com. Thanks for listening, and thanks for joining the Progressive Voices community.